the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views expressed on the following program do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Perspective. Teaching. Conversation. This is Isaiah 61. Over the next half hour, you'll hear why the Lord provided those verses and how they can be used in witnessing, in the church, and in daily life as God's children. Now, here's your host of Isaiah 61 from Spirit of the Lord Church in North Minneapolis, Pastor Joe Sutton. Hey, good afternoon, everyone. This is Pastor Joe Sutton. Uh, just, just really uh, enjoying this warm weather. Uh, really enjoying the warm weather and loving the weather and, and where I'm going. You know, as I was talking last week, uh, we were just talking about uh, the things we do to prepare. Uh, well, mainly that came from the aspect of preparing our children for their purpose in life and, and, and what are they doing. And then as a pastor, I also had a responsibility of preparing uh, the people in my congregation for their purpose in life. I remember reading in a uh, publication one time where the man said that uh, a good pastor looks out over his congregation and he sees how the Holy Spirit is working in someone's life and then he comes alongside and helps strengthen that and help bring them into the place of their purpose and their calling. And uh, and I found that to be a, a most enjoyable and, and, and delightful thing that's, that, that I do in my lifetime. But one of the things I've just been noticing lately, uh, I have a heart for evangelism. You know, I really do. I, I just love seeing lives change and and, uh, and people coming into the kingdom of God and worshiping the Lord Jesus Christ as the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And and, uh, and and that thrills me. I mean, I spend the majority of my day doing that. Sometimes my children go like, wow, Dad, who don't you know? You know, because sometimes I just spend time uh, just sitting with people and talking to them. Last week I was just talking to a bus driver as I was up in a uh, at a, at a grand slam and they had brought some kids over and we just got to talking about life and children and grandchildren and, and, and health and everything. And, and we're just talking away and uh, he doesn't have a clue. I'm a, I'm a pastor, let alone a believer. And, uh, you know, we're just slowly going down this road together as far as the, what makes, makes things click and, and, uh, and just with different ways to some problems he shared in his life. And, and I come back and you share solutions to the problems and, and just looking for that opportunity to, to, to let them know that the greatest solution to their life's greatest problems always lie, you know, in God's word and in a relationship with him. And, and I love my relationship with, with Christ. Me and my son were joking the other day. I said, uh, I, I've never pushed y'all to uh, accept Christ. Now, I've taught them the teachings, taught them how and everything to do. I said, but it's a personal relationship. I said, I said, me uh, forcing you to the altar to accept Jesus would be just like me practicing an arranged marriage. You know what I mean? I mean I'm a re- prearranging this relationship for you. It's something you got to want, something you got to respect, honor, and cherish. He just started laughing. He just thought that was the funniest thing in the world when we were just talking about uh, relationships with people and going down the road. You know, once again, I like to go back to, um, you know, 
our theme verse for this radio program, which is Isaiah 61. And uh, and in, in Isaiah 61 and verse 3, it says, To grant consolidation and joy to those who mourn in Zion, to give them an ornament, a, gar- a garland or diadem of a beauty, of beauty instead of ashes, the oil and joy instead of mourning, the garment expressive of praise instead of a heavy burden and failing spirit, that they may be called oaks of righteousness, lofty, strong, and magnificent, distinguished for uprightness, justice, and right standing with God, the planning of the Lord, that he may be glorified. You know, I'm reading from the Amplified Bible when I say that. And so when I'm when I'm looking at, at what I'm doing and, and I'm I'm looking at the responsibilities I have as a as a husband, as a father, as a pastor, and that that, that I have to look at these things in life and I have to make sure that, you know, that that I'm not letting uh, you know, my wife, my children, my congregation walk around uh, you know, you know, in ashes, you know what I mean? Uh, making sure that they they have that oil of joy, you know what I mean, and they they, they know how to praise it. Whatever it may take, that they may be oaks of righteousness, standing lofty for our Lord, bringing all glory and honor back to God. That's that's what we do. And if you have people like that in your life behind you, I'm telling you, it's not much that you can't accomplish. But when you allow yourself to be to be drugged down, to be drained down, and your existence in life goes from going to work and and maybe buying yourself some cute little things and then sitting around with a remote cuddled up, to me it's like, man, that's just that's not life. That's not existence. You know, and I know I've been accused of being a, a, a workaholic. You know, I'm one month uh, out of a bypass <laughs> surgery, triple bypass. And, uh, you know, and I found myself doing certain things. And, and when you run a small organization and something doesn't happen or you don't raise the money and you still want to provide the service, it has to come from somewhere. And so sometimes I get pulled into I get pulled into action, you know. <laughs> Last week, I got pulled into being a driver because I lost a driver. And losing a driver, I had to get the kids from camp, uh, back from the camp, back into the city. So I had to go and and I had to I had to put on the driver cap, and I became driver. But I love it. You know what I mean? I didn't get as much chance as someone to spend time with staff or kids because I was either in the hospital or, or recovering. And uh, But it, it gave, uh, you know, the young people that I'm training an opportunity to uh, get some things done, and and for the overall, they get an A plus. They get an A plus. They did a, they did a fantastic job. You know, uh, a lot of times they didn't know what to do. We got caught in a storm camping. None of them are real campers, and uh, they made they ran out of the tent and left no weight in the tent. So the wind blew the tents away. <laughs> uh, by the time I got to the tent site, it was it was pandemonium. You know, trying to bring order back in there. But we came back into it, and, and, and we did well. And, you know, we, we got there, and everybody had a good time, and it's there. And, and then now we move into building these relationships out that we have and, and doing what needs to be done. But, you know, the, the most important thing, man, I can do all these things with children. But if I don't take care of my children, if my if my kids don't benefit from uh, my prayer life or my this, this quote-unquote work I'm doing for the Lord, if they don't benefit from it, if they come out all dysfunctional, it, it it means nothing to me. What does it profit a man to gain the whole world but yet lose his soul? My children are part of my soul. They they're half of me and half of my wife, and I and I'm thankful, y'all. I'm thankful that you know I've not had uh, any troubles. You know, out of my. I mean, I we all have troubles. You know, you get to teenage years, and you know, them fifteen and sixteen, and you just want to forget those times. But 
but they they bounced back and, and they've done well. And the thing I like the most about them is that they still have a heart for ministry. A lot of ministers' children, uh, they don't like ministry. They feel the ministry cheated them out of time uh, with their family, with their dad, with their mom. And I'm thankful that mine don't don't feel that way, that they, they enjoy ministry. They embrace it. Uh, they help out with the ministry financially. They help out with the ministry with their time. And, and they realize it's, it's, it's what we do. You know what I mean? And, and I'm thankful for that above all things else because I've been around a lot of situations where it wasn't always that so where people get out there and they, they get to focusing on things that they couldn't have because, because of ministry and they go that route. So now you're a parent, you know, you're, you're a pastor, you're, you're, you're mentoring somebody and, and you're trying to figure out how do I know where to lead or guide this person, especially a, a talented person, a person who's real talented, who's, who's multi-talented, they can do four and five things. Man, I feel sorry for those people because people only can do one thing. It's not hard for them to figure out what they're going to do in life. But, you know, you got somebody that can do, you know, five or six things, man, and they, they're trying everything, they're experimenting, they're going back and forth. And then you're trying to mentor this individual, and you, you're you starting to feel bad because, you know, like one minute they tell you uh, they're going to become this, and the next minute they say, well, I'm going to try this. And, and they're kind of good at it, you know, what they try. And, and so you, you're trying to lead them and guide them in a way that you that you feel God is going, but yet then other forces come in and say, oh, you're good at this, try this. Man, that is just, I feel sorry for people like that because it is you you never quite can embrace what you do because you say is lord is this really it lord is that really it or is that really it and uh and so it it can it can keep you away from and putting your efforts into the positions and things that you really really need to do but i always ask this question that i heard miles monroe ask one time when uh i was at one of his one of his trainings and he said you know what is it that makes you angry you know what makes you angry about life. What makes you angry? And uh, I was sitting there and I said, you know, what makes me angry? He said, that's a key to your purpose in life. He said, because whatever it is that makes you angry, you know what I mean? Then, you know, odds are God, God you know, God is willing to work a solution through you because you, you're going to be persistent enough and focused enough to want to bring solution into that, into that particular thing or area because of the fact that it does make you angry. And uh, as I got to thinking about it, for me personally, uh, ignorant people make me angry. You know, what I mean, it's just it's when you don't use logic, when you don't use uh, critical thinking, when you don't come to a conclusion, when you uh, just ask somebody else what the answer is instead of taking that little bit of time to find out for yourself. Man, I just get hot. You know, what I mean, and I start thinking about it. You know, why does that make me, you know, angry? what is it there? You know. And it's one of the reasons why I run uh, the three deep leadership program is to teach critical thinking skills and to teach uh, logic models and, and to go around and, you know, just different skill sets like decision making skills, budgeting skills, you know, communication skills so that people will have the skill sets to be able to arrive at the answer themselves instead of being so dependent upon other people or Google or, you know, whatever it is like that, you know. You ask somebody born and raised in Minneapolis, well, how do you get here? They go like, I don't know. I just GPS. I mean, you're born and raised here. You don't know how to get from A to B. You know what I mean? Oh, man. You know what I mean? Put me in a corner and give me a timeout. You know what I mean? Because I'm, I'm, I'm starting to get a little ruffled. And so, but it really is like, so what's the solution? The solution for me was to to, to come up with, with, with that formula, you know, uh, exercise, education, and enlightenment to the power of Jesus Christ equals success. I mean, it's not enough to be, 
uh, smart. It's not enough to be in good shape. It's not enough to have an idea of what your purpose is. But if it's not done to the power of Jesus Christ, if Jesus Christ is not the drive, he's not the reason for being, that's what's going to equal true success. You can you can be academically sound and physically fit and understand what it is you do in life. But if you do it on your own accord, you know, I, which, you know, and, you know, I have, I have a, a couple of children that want to do it on their own. Like they don't need God. They, their, their education and their money is enough to, to keep them going. And then they hit these walls and they hit these things where only God can, can, can come through. And then they, they have to realize, you know, and, and come to back that, that I can't do it on my own and, and it's not going to happen. You know, we need that power that comes from there. And even as I was setting up last week, when I look at urban ministry and I've been in urban ministry for a while and I look at the things that go in the urban context and I seen watch people pump money into the urban context. I watch them spend time in the urban context. But the one thing that's going that we have to understand about the urban context is that is that that's Satan's stronghold. You know, urban, suburban, you know what I mean? He 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 goes to set up stronghold, but in the city, it's it's stronghold. And, and and so when you try to gain ground spiritually in the city, you learn that you have to do it a little bit at a time. You know what I mean? You're not seeing the uh three to seven hundred blow ups and all this and that happening. And even if you do go from three to seven hundred, it doesn't impact it because you know, there's thousands of sinners gathering at a bar down the street. So it's like it's like it it, it, it pales in comparison because you got just to put it this way, evil is concentrated in the one geographical spot and 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 that's the stronghold. And you learn to take a little bit of ground at a time and hold on to it and really uh disciple and mentor people and take a little bit more ground. And uh, and so and then for some for some of us that's not good enough because we want to see these uh, big miraculous number changes and everything like that. And, 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 uh, and it, it doesn't tend to happen like that in the city because we've allowed the city to become such a, a stronghold. And then it, then we get discouraged and we quit. I remember my denomination began, which is the reason why I joined the denomination is because uh, I've been looking for a group of people who want to take cities. And I read uh, Dawson, Dawson uh, McAllister's book on taking your city for God. And it was a great blueprint with, with prayer being the foundational stone of taking your city for God. And, uh, and I, I said, wow, I said, he really has it. But then I started looking around. Is there anybody else who's willing to pray and willing to plant the seeds and till the ground to, to get it ready, you know, for revival? You know, there's always people to come in who want to, reap revival but sometimes when you got an old dirty vacant lot or an old chemical landfill you have to do a lot to the soil to get it ready to receive any type of seed and so so what are we willing to do to prepare the soil of the city to receive the word of god and 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 now we can we be that patient in the cleanup and in the fertilization and those things like that and uh and and they they thought they were and I, we discussed and we went at it, but after spending time and, and money, uh, they didn't feel that the numbers were reflective of the amount of resources that they put in. And then everybody backed off the city and, and, and moved out, which, and so then the city goes back 
to being like it was before. Now it's a little bit harder because people feel abandoned and they feel left. And uh, and so that's what we have to look at when you're dealing in, in the urban context when it goes there. And so uh, so as we get near up on the break time and coming to a break, I want to come back after the break and talk about uh, two things. Right. Right. One, what can we do to prepare our cities and stuff for the word of God? And two, what can, how can we prepare uh, those that we're responsible for, i.e. our children, congregation or mentees to receive the word of God and walk in their purpose? Spirit of the Lord Church is a multi-ethnic, multi-generational church impacting North Minneapolis and the greater Twin Cities. Emphasizing the four pillars of godly thinking, training up godly children, godly marriages, and outreach to the community. Spirit of the Lord has quickly become a staple to some of the people who need God the most. As they focus on Jesus Christ, grace and truth bind them together to become God's best. Join them for service every Sunday morning at 1030 at 1001 Penn Avenue North in Minneapolis. Spirit of the Lord Church, a proud sponsor of Isaiah 61. Solomon was one of the richest men in the world. Abraham's flocks became so numerous he had to separate from his nephew Lot. Peter and Andrew had a fishing business. God's word and truths have enormous impact on business and business leaders. Has the Lord called you or your church for ministry outreach to the business community? Call me, Gary Borgendale, local ministry director, on ideas how to reach the business community through our sister station, Business 1440, 651-289-4412. All right, welcome back to Isaiah 61, Radio Ministry of Spirit of Lord Church. Uh, we're here on uh, KKMS uh, 980 AM. Uh, definitely grateful for the opportunity they've given me to um, to reach you guys every week. I uh, want to invite you out because that time is coming. You know, that time is coming. It's next week. It's State Fair. You know, we'll be out there. and uh, We'll be at the same place, Lee. That's the same little spot, stay fair every time. We, we, yes, sir, up there on Underwood and Murphy by the big uh, Home Depot barn. Yeah, Underwood and Murphy right next to Home Depot watching all the little kids build all kind of little things. <laughs> <laughs> it is fun. Yeah, running, running around watching. I like it because it's close to an entrance. I can run in there when I'm running late. I don't got to worry about walking too far. But uh, you can come on out and and, uh, and we'll be doing a live, a live remote that Saturday out at the fair. Uh, just come on out and visit us and, and get to meet some of the people from the radio station and, and, uh, and, our, and our sister stations that are out there. And uh, just come and have a good time. You know, you're going to go enjoy the great Minnesota get-together. And uh, I have to be honest, it was a couple couple years before I finally went to the Minnesota State Fair, maybe about 20. <laughs> My wife would go and take the kids. I, I, I still can't get over the fact that you charge me money to spend my money. That's I, it's like paying to go into Target. You know, what I, mean? I just can't. You know, the fact like, well, there's free stuff out there, but all the free stuff is like so far of a walk. You know, what I mean, they, they they get you to go through there, and uh, I know it's economics, but but I have to admit, when I did go out there, I did have a good time. I did have a good time as I finished the show and wandered around. It was good seeing people, uh, seeing people I hadn't seen in a long time walking around. Uh, like one set like one Saturday last year was like I think like the biggest day ever, man. That place looked like a sea of oh my goodness. And my wife told me, bring me home some Martha's cookies, right? And so I had to walk all the way over 
to uh, Martha's Cookies instead of lying and then to bring her to Martha's Cookies back. But, it, you know, it was worth it. She was happy. It's uh, worth the walk. It's worth it's, it's worth the walk. Yeah, I, I met like three people I hadn't seen probably in three or four years. You know what I mean? And and uh, and so it was. It just meeting people was worth it. But you know, you know, seeing her happy with her cookies, she she loves the dessert. So it was it was happy to get there. But you know, as I was saying before the break, you know, what I mean, you you have people you're responsible for, and uh, and sometimes people ask me, you know, what did I do to 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 keep you know my kids focused? I've always told them I'm not gonna let you go to college. Unless you can articulate to me what it is you want to be, I don't want you saying I'm going to college because I want to make a lot of money. You know what I mean? I'm I'm not driving a materialistic bus because that's just not where I come from. You know, and people find it hard when they talk to me and, and they look at my my life. My testimony has always been around business, and I, I've always uh, run businesses. I've always been, um, you know, a, a hustler or or go getter. And uh, and then, you know, I take a position in ministry where I pretty much chill out. And, and uh, as you'll probably be hearing in the future, you know, my this show will probably be sponsored by a company I'm starting. And uh, I'm basically starting the company so that I can help other people fulfill their dreams. I, I'm satisfied with where I am in life. But I, I, I do have a, a natural gift of uh, making money. And, and sometimes I get tired of raising money and asking for support and and uh, and uh, you know, and I and I know what, when I know I can just get out there and do something. So, so it's, it's been a difference. But I'm helping a group of guys, and uh, and so we're starting a company. And uh, and the main drive of the company is going to be to create jobs for people who can't get jobs. And because of the level of ministry I do in the urban context, there's a lot of people with felonies who can't get housing. They can't get jobs because of the felony record. Man, I, I feel I feel bad for them. And if you listen to my show, you've heard me say it before. You know. The main person that watches my house for me when I leave and watches my children when I leave them on vacation, you know, I mean, you know, the average person, he probably couldn't volunteer anywhere, you know, just because of his record. God has changed his life. The blood of Jesus washed him clean. You know what I mean? And, uh, and you know, I trust him with my family and my kids to, to watch my kids in my house for me when I go out of town. But if I was probably just to go by his record, you know, I mean, I, I wouldn't, you know, but he, he's not a, he's not a murderer anymore. You know, what I mean, he's not a mass murderer anymore. He's, he's a changed person, a new creature in Christ. And even some of my Christian friends have a hard time. But still, how do you know? I said, I said, I know because I pray with him. I live with him. I walk with him. You know, what I mean, it's, it's there. And I know that he's not that person that, that did those before. And in and, and, and the public arena, you can't take that chance. So, you know, we're starting something to give those give those guys a chance and taking the profits and then pour them back in the urban ministry to make sure that other young people don't end up with a record. But I'm going to give you three things that, that help change the soil of somebody's heart or the context of their mind. Uh, prayer, acts of kindness, and the preach word. Prayer, acts of kindness, and the preach word. Now, I start with the preach word first because the preach word is, is very important. You know, it's foolishness under most folks. You know what I mean? Because that is probably the most least effective natural means of education or communication is is talking. And uh, they say you remember 10 percent of what you hear, 20 percent of what you read, 50 percent of what you do and 90 percent of what you see, hear and do. So the most effective form of teaching would be see, hear and doing and and just listening would be the least effective. So you listen to a 30 minute sermon. You're going to remember three minutes. Uh, you read for 30 minutes. You're going to remember six minutes. You watch something for 30 minutes, you remember 15 minutes. You know, uh, you know, you do something, you remember 27 minutes. And so you're so you, you but God turns around and says, 
that faith coming by hearing and hearing by the word of God, meaning that 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 preach word that the in preaching the word of God, not just rhetoric, but it increases our faith. And without faith, it's impossible to please him. And, you know, what I mean, and so the preach word comes in and becomes important to us. So we have to make sure, you know, in, in this day and age of of uh, a lot of people not wanting to go to church and not wanting to be a part of a body or anything like that. But it's important that preach word that you get. And I know a lot of us listen to a lot of people. We podcast and some of you may be listening to me on, on, on SoundCloud or anything like that. But that preach word is very important. I keep I keep my radio on 980 a.m. You know, even before I did a show here. That's just where it is, because I'm constantly listening to that to that preach word. And then the second one I mentioned was acts of kindness, acts of kindness, doing kind to people. It breaks down people's heart. It breaks down resistance. It makes them more, more loving to you. And finally, the most important is prayer. When we pray, the Holy Spirit comes in and starts breaking at people, starts breaking at people. When we do those three things, we can start seeing the, the, the soil of somebody's heart change. And we're able to plant the word of God. And then we're able to see results because we got to come against the weeds and the thorns and the things that would derail them from what they want to do. So this week, try that on somebody that you know and love. Pray for them. Give them a kind act. And most importantly, preach to them. If the opportunity arrives, don't want to run them away. And then we'll come back next week and finish talking about ways to empower those that we serve. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.